1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Well, good morning and welcome to this week's edition of The Golf Show. I am Mike Dadorich. I'm your host every morning from 7 to 8 a.m. every Saturday morning, that is. Well, here we are in day whatever of the COVID-19 virus. Um... I just wanted to to take a couple minutes um, and talk a little bit about where we are, where we aren't, as as pertaining to golf. And I know I understand golf is is not an insignificant, but you know, not not a great big part of of the the issues that are facing our country and and you know, small businesses across our country. I think the thing that's being lost in this golf discussion is that those who aren't in the industry look at us who say, you know, we should be back out with the ability to play golf. We're smart enough to social distance. We're smart enough to you know, disinfect and, and um, you know, throw a couple um, wipes in, in your bag and, and disinfect the scorecard and, and, you know, that sort of thing. But to, to me, at least right now, and it's been that way, the bigger part of this is I can't imagine what it's like for our small to medium municipal courses, um, these guys are in a tough spot. Um, you know, if they don't get open soon, you know we're looking at May. So that means they've lost some potential income in March. It always depends on the weather, as you know, as you might understand, and. Then they then you know they're gonna lose April, it looks like because um Harrisburg has been steadfastly against opening golf courses again, but April is usually a pretty good revenue month for for these courses um, I know a lot of these guys. You know, they're guys just trying to make a living just like everybody else is. And and I just don't get the impression that Governor Wolf or whoever is making those decisions down there is taking into effect the personal side of this. And, And I don't mean the personal side of me not being able to go play golf. That's that's irrelevant at this point. Um, I'm more concerned about those guys um, who are trying to keep a business alive. Um, it's you know this is it, it's been serious for a while, but with each day now it gets more and more serious. You know, and there's all there's all kinds of talk about. You know, protecting small businesses, making sure that money is provided for them. And then you see that Harvard got $9 million from this small business thing the other day. I don't know. I guess I'm not smart enough to figure that out. But anyway, I just wanted to say, that somebody needs to get in their ear down there and and talk to them about these small golf courses that, that are hanging on by their fingernails. Um, I don't get it. And of course, we don't get a lot of uh, discussion about this from those who are making the decisions uh, other than You know, fishing is much better, and and I talked about this last week. You see pictures, especially on opening day, of guys shoulder to shoulder at their favorite pond or lake or creek or wherever they are. Um, So I don't get it, but I am am truly concerned uh, for the small public courses. And, um, you know, you're almost afraid to see where we're going to be uh, when when things open up again. Anyway, that's enough ranting from me. We have a uh, a busy show today. Um, three guys who are going to talk about three different aspects of what we're going through right now. And the first is uh, David Wright, the executive director of Tri-State PGA, right here in Pittsburgh. David, welcome to the show. Um, are you, are you bringing good news today?
1: Uh, good morning, Mike, and, and thanks for having me on this morning. Mikey, I just wanted to say just before we get started on behalf of the tri-state PGA professionals, I want to thank all the first responders, our healthcare workers, as well as all the essential businesses that are open and risking their lives, you know, for the safety of others during this crazy pandemic period. Um, but I just wanted to, you know give a shout out to all the all the workers out there that are that are out in the out in the front lines right now so
0: yeah. a lot of um, people doing great stuff out there no doubt about it
1: yeah yeah uh, i wish i wish we had you know better news uh we were we were paying attention to um governor wolf's press conference uh yesterday as we were having a uh webinar um for our members um about, you know, are you ready to reopen, you know, when, when the time comes? Because, you know, we're we're really trying to get to our professionals saying, you know, when we do open, you know, the floodgates are gonna come. Everybody's gonna come to the country clubs, everybody, you know, is gonna come to the public golf courses again just to just to get away from everything and and we have to be ready um to respond in a in a safe and responsible you know, operating um, operating way to keep, you know, our members and the safety of our, our employees, um, at the, at the front of the, at the front of the, uh, responsibility there.
0: Um, yeah, and, and I guess we have to keep telling people, don't, you know, don't forget that once we do get the okay to get back out there, um, we're still going to have to keep some of these guidelines in mind um, because you know it's it's not going to be over with one flip of the switch. Right. You know, the, the disease is going to be hanging around in places, so we still have to be careful once once we go out.
1: Right, right. And we had we had seventy of our members on yesterday, um, and we took we took um, the club at Neville Woods uh, preliminary. Um, operation playbook. Uh, we took, um, Pete Dye Golf Club down in, in Bridgeport, West Virginia. They're actually open. So they, you know, their, their operating plan is in, in effect and, and working, you know, so far. We took, um, some information from the Golf House of Kentucky. You know, they're still operating in that state. And then I took the, uh, PGA of America, um, best practices. You know, um, and it was about an hour um very well received and um you know we're gonna continue to you know we're not we're not running golf tournaments at the moment, but our responsibility is you know to provide the benefits of education to our members so we've you know all next week we have daily education webinars from you know the roles of golf to you know the technology of teaching um, so that's that's kind of where. That's kind of where the section is at the moment um you know we're we're kind of going by a slogan. this is a minor setback for a major comeback um so we're preparing we're preparing with that by still communicating with our members daily um You might see out on YouTube we have a junior golf minute- you know sponsored by our our junior golf partner uh Isley. um so we're continuing to uh communicate with our juniors you know while they're you know, dealing with being home, homeschooled at the moment and, and hopefully, you know, the second week of June, we'll get, be given the green light and, and get the kids out and, and walking on the golf courses here this summer. So is we're hoping that,
0: for that. Is that the target you're looking at now?
1: Our, our first event is the second Monday in, in June. So, you know, with, with the kids walking, um, pull carts, um, we're we're looking at the options to you know spread out tea times um, you know all those all those safety precautions right now
0: well tell us a little bit about the the bigger not bigger news but the big news this week um about the um starting the gulf emergency relief fund
1: yeah the the Gulf emergency relief fund was um, started in response to the severe challenges impacting golf communities nationwide, the Golf Emergency Relief Fund has established to provide short-term financial assistance to certain individuals facing significant financial hardship. With the initial focus on those impacted by, you know, the COVID-19. Um, so, the P.J. of America made a lead pledge of five million dollars um, just last week, plus their matching funds. From third parties of up to 2.5 million dollars and basically this is you know golfers helping golfers you know mm-hmm. everyone knows golf has driven billions of dollars to charity you know on the on the PGA tour the PGA of America the USGA and now it's kind of cool that golf now will be able to help golf so the first phase was rolled out um Thursday at two o'clock um, and People were able to create their applications and then turn out, turn in their applications to a third party E4E, um, relief who was actually managing the, the fund. Um, they had to cap it in 24 hours because of the, of the demand out there. Um, you know, which is, which is scary. It, it over, it overflowed the, um, the software. So there were some technical difficulties, but they've got those ironed, ironed out um, yesterday, and you know, so they have the first the first 24 hours, and and they had to cap it, you know, on that five million dollar total. So um, they'll be rolling out phase two, which will be a longer application, and you know, they'll, it'll take a longer application process, and they can distribute funds of up to 3,500 you know, as reviewed and approved by E4E. So that'll be in a few weeks after, you know, phase one is completed. So
0: that's a really cool thing. And again, it's golfers taking care of golfers. Um, right. How just to get away from that for a second, how are the local guys handling this?
1: Um, The, you know, everybody's, Everybody's, um, you know, itching to, to get back to work. You know, we have, we have, some of our pros have been, you know, furloughed. Um, some have ha- some have been laid off. Um, there's even professionals that are working on the grounds crews right now at mm-hmm. some of the clubs, you know, during this time of closure. Um, you know, we've, we've had some gray areas where, um, you know, some, some facilities are, are allowing their their members to walk, which you know has prompted numerous phone calls to me um, from you know some of the general public saying you know you got to get to Governor Wolf and you got to stop this and you know so that's that's kind of been a challenge um, you know coming from the from the section office but you know what what we're, we're actually you know I wanted to update you on this and we actually starting or started yesterday afternoon, um with uh, the golf associations around the state. We're forming the PA Golf Alliance um and another letter to the governor will be sent to Harrisburg early Monday morning. Um so um the Philadelphia PGA, the State Golf Association, the West Penn Golf Association and ourselves we're we're trying to we're trying to, you know, push another letter to to Harrisburg, just outlining again that if golf is operated at a safe and responsible way, you know it's one of the safest activities out there for the public, and it's a great you know it's a great opportunity to to get away for a few hours, you know, of everything that's you know at home and you know just trying to get out and and away from the world for a few hours and get your mind on th- you know off of things and you know enjoy some sunshine and the challenges of golf. So that's that's kinda where we're at um today. Um and then hopefully we can you know we can get through to the right channels and, and see if we can't get this we can't get this opened up here rather shortly.
0: Well, that's that's a lot of information. Uh, I appreciate you coming on and laying it out for us. Um like I said, it'd been nice to have some good news, but we gotta do what we gotta do, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, at the moment we just have to stay safe and healthy and enjoy the time that we have for our, you know, with our families right now. And when the time comes that we get the green light, we just got to be ready to go.
0: Yep. Well, David, thanks for uh, coming on early Saturday morning. I appreciate it and uh, no we will certainly be in touch.
1: All right. Have a great weekend.
0: All right. You too. That's David Wright of the Tri-State Section PGA. Um, one other thing I wanted to met, mention before we go to our first break, um, Connor Schmidt, the young man who played really well the last couple years in, in the district amateur um, events, played very well at, at uh, Drexel. Uh, he was selected to the Golf co- Coaches Association Ping All-Region Team, which which is – A pretty big deal, and congratulations uh, go to Connor. All right, it's time for our first break. Uh, We'll get a 2020 sports update in there, and when we come back, we'll talk about the PGA Tour and uh, what's going on, not going on out there. You're listening to The Golf Show on Sports Radio, 93.7 The Fan. Well, welcome back to 93.7 The Fan, The Golf Show. I um, wanted to remind you that for the latest news on the c- coronavirus, tune to News Radio 1020 KDKA. You can find KDKA Radio at AM 1020 93.7 HD2 or tell your smart speaker to play News Radio 1020 KDKA. Uh, I was reminded during the break by my co-host, and she knows who she is, that uh, there was another. Uh, all-region uh, awardee this year, uh, Palmer Jackson, um, in his freshman year at Notre Dame, uh, was among four of the Fighting Irish who were, were named to the Ping all-region Midwest team, uh, which is pretty cool. I think that's a record uh, number uh, for Notre Dame, and he's another guy who has had a Uh, remarkable last year or so. So congrats to those guys. Um, So (laughs) now we come to the PGA Tour. Lots of questions there. They have um, revised and revised and now they have a schedule that is um, supposed to take them through the end of the year. Um, it's uh, going to be 36 events if everything goes as planned, and you really can't plan much um, because there are so many factors out there um, to try to get past. Um, One of them, I I would certainly think, is the testing issue. Um, That's one of the things that has to happen. Everybody that goes to the golf tournament, and that's not going to be fans for the first, first four events, but everybody that can go has to be tested and has to be positive before, are negative. I mean, before um, they go through the gates, that's you know all the coaches, or, yeah, coaches, players, uh, whoever is in their entourage, um, you know, uh, TV people, um, you know, just anybody that's a support uh, person. Everybody has to be buzzed to get their temperature. Um, You know, that that could be like a 1,000 people without fans. I'm not sure about the media. Other than TV, uh, a couple stories I read this week mentioned the media that would be on hand to cover the event. And uh, another one, I I think it quoted the tour, said that they weren't sure that the media was going to be allowed to be there would think that's that's a pretty big question and it's not because I'm involved in the media but they need to get the word out they need to get good stories out about golfers and I think I mentioned this before and the word is they're losing about 17 million dollars a week every time they don't play that's a lot <laughs> Be a lot out of my budget. Um, the schedule is jammed. It's it's going to be crazy uh, with travel. It's going to be crazy with international travel. There are about thirty five PGA Tour players who went home, meaning to Europe and elsewhere at the start of this, and they were advised to do that by the tour. So we have these travel vans from Europe. So that issue has not yet been fixed, as it were, but that's going to be an issue. How are they going to get those guys here? Um, huh, boy, that that that's a good one. Uh, You know that the Masters is going to be played in November, and, of course, there will be another one in April. And for golfers, um, normally, in a a normal year, um, between the the last major, which under the new schedule is um, the British Open, to the Masters is a long stretch. And people complain about that because they want to see major golf more than what they're getting a chance to. Well, they won't have to wait as long this year because there will be two of them. Again, assuming that everything is going to stay where it is now and improve, Um, like I said, lots of issues. You know, guys are doing whatever they can, which isn't much. They can, they can practice a little bit, but they want to go play. And if they're in, you know, a, they live in a state where golf is not allowed, then they don't go play. Just, I saw this this morning. Uh, in the U.S. right now, there are 40%, 48% of golf courses are, are open. The other 52 percent are are not. Pennsylvania's courses are counted in that. Um, I don't know. No. I, I don't know. Um, of course, if you watch any, if you watch the internet and if you watch Golf Channel at all this week, um, there was a lot of speculation about what Tiger Woods was going to do how often he was going to play well that's going to be very interesting you know he wants to play in the majors but you know they they're going to they're jammed into this schedule there are other world golf championship events you know the memorial where he's won uh, five times i believe is is on the schedule There's no way, you know, he's he's not even going to play a majority of those. Um, someone suggested that he might play nine tournaments once it goes back. Uh, that's probably right. You know, he's got to be very careful now uh, with his back because he, he sat out a while and um, then came back um and of course did not play um Bay Hill, did not play at um the Valspar. He's the lightning rod, of course, everybody wants to know what what tiger's gonna do and and when he's gonna play, but you know it's really not gonna matter. To fans in general, because while the PGA Tour has said there'll be no fans for the first four events, I, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work if it's only going to be four. Um, look at the PGA Championship, it's supposed to be in Harding Park, uh, a public course in San Francisco. But the governor there has said he does not see any major events, sporting or concerts or any other large gatherings taking place in his state until 2021. But there, there really hasn't been any, any kind of... Um, Talk about movement of that uh, in recent weeks, uh, and that tells me that if if uh, the governor stays in his uh, present stance, then there'll be no fans at the at the uh, PGA Championship. The Masters, who knows? That's November, um, so maybe by then. It'll be good enough that everybody can go that, that has tickets. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it is a crazy world, of course, and golf is right there at at the top of the craziness. But one, one of the other things that the guys have been doing uh, during this break, you've seen, if you paid attention, there are, Many of them who are out helping in their communities, either by, you know, making donations or helping at food banks and helping at, at, um, you know, kids centers who, you know, helping them give back to the community and help, you know, people who are having a hard time uh, buying groceries and that sort of thing. And I know that that's taking place everywhere. But it's nice to see these guys um, doing that sort of thing. And, you know, that falls in with what David Wright was saying. It's, you know, golfers helping golfers. And and the, the one last thing about the PGA, everybody knows about the guys on top. The guys at the top of the money list. Just like the small public courses here in Western Pennsylvania, the guys at the bottom of the list are going to be hurting here too. Uh, you know, th- those guys are scrapping around, you know, as many weeks as they can get in, trying to make money, trying to keep their card. And you know, <laughs> as Steve Weecroft told us a few uh, a few weeks ago. He spent $150,000 last year trying to keep his card, and he didn't. So, you know, we ought to think about those guys, too. Um, It's got to be tough because there's no place to play, and um, that's what these guys live on. So it's not a good thing, but hopefully we're going to beat it, and we'll get back to golf here hopefully soon. We'll just see how it all plays out. All right, it's time for another break. You're listening to The Golf Show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Welcome back to The Golf Show here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. And 93.7 The Fan is doing our part to help Pittsburgh stay connected. Go to our radio.com app and get ideas to help you during this stay-at-home time. Just go to radio.com slash stay connected. Um, we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about something that doesn't get as much talk or or um, attention as the PGA Tour. Um, but we're going to talk about the LPGA Tour, and we're going to do that with Ron Syrak, who is a Newcastle native and... and um, Has gone on to, uh, well, officially or not, a Hall of Fame career as a writer, and uh, now he does TV with Golf Channel. Good morning, Ron. Thanks for coming on with me today.
2: Good morning. Thanks
0: for having me on. Always a pleasure to be back in western Pennsylvania. Yes, we're we're glad to have you back here. I hear you're getting a little
2: um, uh,
0: northeast kind of weather this morning, are you?
2: Uh, we got a little dusting of snow here i if the if the Red Sox had a home game today they they would they'd be snowed out but uh I'm out here on Cape Cod and probably got about two inches on the ground but I, I think it's all gonna go away uh it's yeah. gonna be sixty degrees tomorrow you know it's it's like it, it's very much like I always remember when I played high school golf, uh, uh, out there, it was a spring sport. And, but man, you never knew what, what, uh, the, the only thing you could count on weather-wise in April in Western Pennsylvania was mud. It was a lot of mud. <laughs> yes.
0: That's, that's why a lot of people, me included, don't play an awful lot in April because I don't like the mud. Um, I, I'd like to wait till it's a little better than that, but that's just me. Um, yep. Give us your your overall um, assessment of the LPGA and um, where they are with this, with the shutdown, and uh, how they
2: might come out of it. Well, you know, first off, uh, the LPGA was uh, um, sort of the first sport to really, uh, uh, first American-based sport to really be impacted by all this because they started the year with two tournaments uh uh in Florida then they went to two in Australia and then they were going to do three in Asia they were going to go uh China Taiwan uh uh Thailand China Thailand Singapore and um on January 30th i believe it was they canceled the China event um because uh, um um coronavirus had al- outbreak had already started in China and then a few days later, on February 2nd, they canceled Thailand and Singapore. Uh, so then they came back to the States, and then on March 12th, they they started canceling U.S. events. So they, they were impacted by this very early, and they got out in front of it. I, I think Commissioner Mike Wan has done a very, very good job about putting the health and safety of uh, not just his players, but, but the fans and everybody uh, at, at the top of the list. Um, what's been tough for the LPGA is they, they started this year on a real positive note and negotiated a new TV deal that kicks into effect in the 2022 season. It's going to bring them way more exposure, way more revenue. Uh, so uh, the tour is – the good thing about it is 10 years ago, if this had happened, it might have been the end of the LPGA because they were in – the, in the depths of the Great Recession, they were down to only 23 tournaments and Commissioner Wands brought them back to 34 tournaments now. They're playing for over $75 million this year, and they actually have money in the bank. They're going to be able to to withstand this. If they can get their season going by July 1st, they'll be fine this year financially.
0: Wow. And I read uh, this week that somewhere that the PGA Tour is losing $17 million a week when they don't play.
2: Um, yeah, the PGA exactly Tour enough. is getting about four hundred million dollars uh, a year in TV revenue, and when they don't have tournaments, they gotta they gotta kick some of that money back. So that that's that's a that's a big big chunk of that. And and you know the other thing that we forget about golf. Uh, look, the PGA Tour has basically like a Super Bowl party every week because the the the, the corporate marketing that goes on around tournaments. The the pro am on Wednesday is a big money maker. All week there, there's parties and corporate hospitality and, and all kinds of events going on that that generate uh, um, uh, millions of dollars of, of revenue coming in. So it, it, it's all that other stuff that goes on around the golf tournament that's uh, that's impacting them revenue wise uh, just a ton. This, like you said,
0: this problem. Well, no, I was going to say this couldn't have come at a. At a- worse time but actually like you said if it happened 10 years ago it had been much worse but it's too bad because like you said they had started the started the season off with a little momentum and and that's you know they they need that obviously
2: yeah you know i'm uh, uh the uh lpga was at a, at a point where right now coming into this season we had uh, the number two ranked player in the world, Nellie Korda, is an American. The number five ranked player in the world, uh, Danielle Kang, is an American. The number ten ranked player in the world, Lexi Thompson, is American. It's the strongest the Americans have been in, in, in a long time, and the 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 depth of talent over there. The, the, the number one ranked player, uh, Jin Young Ko from South Korea, won four tournaments and two majors last year, and she's really really looks like she's going to be a, a, a dominant player. They are. Um, they probably have more depth of talent than than they've ever had. You know, you got to go back to that that golden era of of the the Amy Alcott, Patty Sheehan, uh, Betsy King uh, stretch when they had as much talent as they have out there right now. Uh, the, you know, the other strength for the LPGA that's put them in a in a uh, an interesting situation right now is. They are. They build themselves as golf's global tour, and they are. They have 33 different nations represented on that tour. Now, the problem that's going to be for them when they start up is about a third of the tour is based outside the United States. and mm-hmm. And the commissioner has told the players he's going to give them enough notice so that they can get back into the United States. Some of those people may have to self-quarantine. They may have to come back to the United States and then be quarantined for 14 days before they can play. So he's probably going to give his players about a month's notice to get back in play so they have time to travel, get around any travel bans that might be there, and then quarantine so that they can be certified to be able to go back out and play.
0: I talked about that earlier, but I think there are 35 PGA Tour players who are in Europe or elsewhere. And that's another hurdle that's that's going to have to be handled, you know. You know assuming that the travel bans will still be in effect, um, you know how travel is going to be then. Still, an awful lot of unknowns.
2: Well, you know, one of the real positive things to look at it now is if the PGA Tour and the LPGA schedules, uh, revised schedules, go off as planned from August. First of this year uh, through August first of uh, um, of 2021, we're going to have 17 major championships played: (laughs) 10 LPGA majors and seven PGA Tour majors. So there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of really great golf uh, uh, from August to August uh, uh, if we get going. Then and you know normally on the men's side, uh, it used to be there was no major from the PGA in August until the Masters in April, and now that the PGA is in May. There are no men's majors from the middle of July, when the, the, the British Open is, uh, until, until April. Well, this year, with the Masters being in November, we're only going to have to wait from November to April <laughs> between men's majors. So we're going to have a greater con- uh, concentration of, uh, of major championship golf. And, and really, we're going to have 12 months of really, really compelling golf on both the men's and women's side if we get everything going as planned.
0: It's funny um the the clamoring that goes on, and you you know this, you've heard it over the years once we get to January, and people start thinking about uh augusta and in, and then you get to um February and they start running the little masters commercials during all the basketball games, and you know just drives people nuts because they can't wait for it to start well they they won't have to wait all that long this year
2: yeah you know i've done uh, uh 30 masters this would have this, this year will be 31 and uh um it never gets old going there it's always it's always exciting uh and uh it really is and you know particularly for for those of us you know me growing up in the northeast uh, up here you always felt like the masters was the true beginning of golf season you know it was it was around that time of the year when we started to be able to Get out and play up north, and 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 you really feel like it was the it was the the kickoff to to, to a summer of golf, and uh, um, plus that tournament uh, just it never disappoints. It's it always comes uh-huh. up with some sort of compelling finish because it's the only uh, men's major played on the same course every year. All the fans um, know every hole in the golf course from TV they know how exciting that back nine is and the anticipation is really just off the charts by the time we get to April every year and it was a real disappointment when it uh when it didn't happen this year
0: how do you think it's going to play in November
2: it's going to be an interesting question i'll tell you if there's any if there's anybody who who has the capability and the resources To make that golf course play any way they want it to play, it's Augusta National. I mean, they they have um, uh, agronomy-wise, you know, every green has sub-air drying systems. Uh, uh, I think it's going to look different. I think it's going to be browner than we used to. I mean, certainly all those flowers, you know, the magnolias and dogwoods and azaleas and all those aren't going to be there. Uh, it's it's going to be not that season. Uh, we're going to see some overseas, so the course is going to look browner than than we're used to it looking. But I have absolutely no doubt that uh, uh, the powers that be at Augusta National will be able to figure out how to get the golf course to play exactly the way that they want it to play. Um, uh, I, I, the greens will will putt uh, as true and as quick as, as ever. I'm sure of that, and. Uh, and it may even the course may even play firmer and faster than we're used to seeing it play because uh, in April um, there's, that's uh, thunderstorm seasons and, and you know the 30 masters that I've been to probably two thirds of those have had thunderstorms at some time or another during the course of the tournament so that can soften it up a little bit so I think it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to see I'm looking forward to seeing what that golf course looks like that time of the year.
0: Yeah, and, you know, they can – they're similar to Oakmont in this way. Um, A, Oakmont, you know, they can control how that golf course plays too. And the best time of the year, everybody tells me, and I've had the chance to do it a couple times, the best time of the year to play Oakmont is in September and October because yep. it's firm and fast and, and you know, the leaves and, and everything. Um, th- this, th- you know, who knows, th- this might kind of be like that at Augusta.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's exactly true. I mean, I I, I think, uh, again, uh, being a guy who's uh, born and raised and still lives in the Northeast up here, fall golf is the best time of the year for golf up here because of exactly what you're saying, firm, fast golf courses, uh, the Greens really quicken up. Uh, uh, you know, I'm glad you referenced Oakmont because uh, um, uh, Mike Davis, the CEO of the U.S. Uh, golf Association, once told me that Oakmont might be the only golf course in America that you could play a U.S. Open on with one week's notice. You know, <laughs> you could yep. tell them we're having the U.S. Open there next week and the golf course would be ready because because the members always like it to play sort of in major championship condition. But, uh, um, I, I do think that uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if it's as if, it's, if fall golf's is as cool in the south as it is in the northeast.
0: I imagine we'll see some colorful leaves, although I don't know how much. You know, you never thought about leaves very much when you were walking around around Augusta, but whatever it is, here's hoping that we're not going to have any more setbacks or they find everything they need uh, to do the testing. And, right. You know, there's a lot of work to be done before uh, golf there's, is played.
2: There's, there's still a lot of questions. And, and, you know, the one thing I keep hearing people say, well, golf would be the easiest sport to bring back quickly because of the nature of golf, It is there's built-in social distancing. There's only three players on a whole. They can be spread apart and everything. But but what people are forgetting is there's a whole lot more people than just the golfers involved in pulling off a golf tournament. Sure. There's maintenance to staffs for the golf course. There's a the TV production crew. There's rules officials. There's scoring officials. Uh, there's food services people. There, there's a whole lot of other industries that you've got to be able to have back up and running in order to pull off a golf tournament. And that's, that's the big question mark. That's what we've got to see. I think we're going to know a whole lot more about May 1st. Uh, I, you know, I'm hoping that by May 1st we see a light at the end of the tunnel, that we at least have an indication of where, of where the end of all this is and what to build towards. And, and if that's true, then maybe, maybe the tour can get back. Right now, PGA Tour is planning on being back in Fort Worth, Texas, June 11th. Uh, that seems to me it might be ambitious, but we'll see how it looks on May 1st.
0: One question before I let you go: Did you get your um, sheet of Arnold Palmer stamps?
2: I've got uh, I've got several sheets of those. It's That's it's uh, I have a little on my uh, uh, in my dining room. I have my little Arnold Palmer shrine where I, <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got a whole bunch of stuff to you know. He was he was my guy. You can't be. He's the reason I got involved in golf. So
0: yep, same yep. same thing here. Ron, yep. thank you. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Always enjoy the conversation. Um, Good luck with the snow and uh, all that. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
2: Talk to you down the road. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure.
0: Yes, sir. Thanks, Ron. That's uh, Ron Syrak, Golf Channel, uh, longtime golf writer guy. Uh, We thank him and we thank David Wright uh, for coming on with us this morning. Um, It's been fun. Hopefully we're going to be able to start soon talking about golf actual playing golf until then we'll be back here next week 7 to 8 a.m. on the golf show on sports radio 93.7 the fan